We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have a whole slate of uh, great music to play for you this evening. Three hours plus of some of the very best in jazz music. We endeavor to do that every week, and uh, we're going to continue. Today, of course, is the last day of the merry month <laughs> of July. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty adventurous. Uh, all kinds of things going on, of course, as, uh, as the world uh, constantly evolves, changes, and all the stuff we have to go through. And we're looking forward, I think, at least here, to a big heat wave. That'd be nice if you're not working. But mind you, if you are working, you're probably in an office with air conditioning. <laughs> so uh, there's, you know, uh, I guess advantages to both situations if you've got time off or if you're working, right? Anyway, we have, uh, as I said, we have lots of music this evening to play for you. And, of course, we always start out with our jazz feature. This is a recording by Wynton Kelly. Wynton Kelly, of course, was an incredible pianist who worked with uh, all kinds of people. He was actually, they say he was born in Brooklyn, but I have a, some other information that he was actually born in Jamaica and came to Brooklyn as a little baby with his parents when they emigrated to the United States. And, uh, of course, that's where they set up shop, the, uh, the Kelly family. Winton, of course, as a young man, uh, became interested in music very quickly. And with the help of uh, several classically trained piano teachers and, of course, uh, parents that uh, backed up all that kind of stuff, Winton Kelly soon, uh, in his teens, was working and uh, playing in all kinds of uh, different venues with different bands and, um, of course, people realized that his talent was absolutely exceptional. Um, he could interpret a tune uh, by simply listening to it once. If he had to read something uh, off the paper, he could get it the first time around, no problems. And he was very, very good backing up singers. Somehow he enhanced um, was able, with his piano playing, he was able to enhance their interpretation of a song. And, of course, he was in demand. He made his first trio recordings in 1951. Uh, he was born in 1931, so that would make him about 20 years old. And they were for Blue Note records, and uh, they're very good. And, of course, Kelly went on to play uh, eventually with um, all kinds of people. Dizzy Gillespie, he worked with Dinah Washington, the wonderful temperamental blues-oriented jazz singer, and so on and so forth. Wynton Kelly, of course, was, uh, by the mid-50s, was um, first-call sideman with all kinds of musicians, on, and he was on all sorts of important albums. And, of course... After Bill Evans left Miles Davis's band, Wynton Kelly 
got the gig, and he stayed with Miles for several years. And that really was when Winton became more better known because he was a sideman with Miles Davis, and Miles was a star maker. Just working with Miles Davis instantly made you a, a jazz star. And eventually uh, he left Miles Davis and formed his own trio and continued to work right up until his untimely death in 1971. Winton Kelly, unfortunately, uh, had epilepsy, and he died from an epileptic fit um, in Toronto in his hotel room, and uh, sad to say he was only 39 years old. The interesting thing about Winton Kelly um, he was a, a wonderful man. I, I met him once um, and w- when he was with Miles Davis. And um, it was very interesting because uh, I approached him. Uh, I heard him at the uh, Blackhawk in San Francisco, the famous jazz club. And I went right over to Winton uh, during a break because he was standing by the bar and, and uh, started chatting with him, introduced myself and that sort of thing. He was just very affable very, um, just a wonderful man. And uh, he introduced me to um, Paul Chambers. I shook, so I shook hands with, with Paul, who was Miles Davis's bass player. And next thing you know, Miles Davis came over. <laughs> and uh, Winton Kelly introduced me to Miles Davis. And uh, so, uh, so, of course, I sh- told Miles how much I enjoyed the music and shook his hand. And, uh, uh, and then Miles moved on. I looked at Winton, and I said, you know, I'm not going to wash this hand for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and he, he just cracked up. He said, oh, man. He said, he said, Miles is just Miles, man. You know, <laughs> that's the way he was. Um, one of the sad things about Winton Kelly is, you know, he's revered now as a pianist. Uh, he's studied by just about everybody. And... Um, his way of playing and his the joy in his music. This is what made Winton Kelly so special. Was was not only his beautiful um, pianistic touch, but it was the joy um, in his music. It, it was always optimistic. He he was not. Uh, he didn't play sort of dark music or 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 uh, moody kind of uh, music. It, it was always uplifting, and there was kind of a feeling of dance in in his music. Perhaps this was from his uh, Caribbean background. I have no idea. But um, that particular uh, um, way of playing was was almost unique to to Mr. Kelly. And he was admired by by other other pianists. But the problem with Wynton Kelly is with the critics. Um, He was so consistent on records that they had a tendency to take him for granted because he always played well on 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 records and the, there's no record that I can think of where Winton Kelly doesn't play well or plays below par he was very very consistent but the critics kind of said uh you know they would talk about the other people on the record or talk about Miles Davis and they say oh Winton Kelly oh yeah he he churns along amicably you know, they'd make state statements like that. And so in his lifetime, he was kind of taken for granted, which he never should have been because he was truly, um, he had a touch of genius at the piano. And uh, people like Miles and all kinds of other people recognized that. 
We're going to go to a recording that he made in 1960. He was with Miles at the time, and he had signed with um, a label that was owned. Uh, not too many record labels were owned by African Americans. This one was. It was VJ Records, and um, they were essentially an R&B um, uh, company. That's how they made their money, but they also had a jazz division, and they opened that up, and several musicians signed up with VJ Records, and to, to this day, those records are very, very valuable documents. Wayne Shorter signed with the label, um, Lee Morgan did, and Wynton Kelly did. And this album is called, that we're going to hear this evening, Kelly at Midnight, and it is arguably the best piano trio record I have ever heard. Now, I'll say something like that. That kind of sounds like an extreme statement to make, but I'm backed by a lot of great musicians who feel the same way. And uh, maybe you will after you hear it. This album uh, was recorded in April of 1960 in New York City and issued on VJ Records, as I mentioned. It was called Kelly at Midnight. And it features Wynton Kelly on piano, of course, with Paul Chambers on bass and the great Philly Joe Jones on drums. It was recorded at Bell Sound Studio. They, they really got a good mix on, on the trio and uh, beautifully balanced, and um, the recording quality is, is very high. The pieces of music, there's only five pieces. Uh, Winton Kelly wrote two of the tunes, and uh, his buddy Rudy Stevenson wrote two tunes, and the great Babs Gonzalez wrote one tune. We open with a Winton Kelly composition called Potluck, and then we go to the two Rudy Stevenson compositions. The second tune is called Skatin'. And tune number three has kind of got a, it, it sounds like it's an introduction to a stage production. That's what it's called, on stage. Then we go to the Babs Gonzalez composition called Weird Lullaby. And that's the moody piece of the album. It's also known as Lullaby of the Doomed. It was recorded under both of those titles and written by the, uh, the, the, the great singer, raconteur, Babs Gonzalez. And the final tune is, again, a Wynton Kelly composition. It's called Temperance. So here, then, is our jazz feature this evening, Kelly at Midnight. Wynton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. And sit back and enjoy this.
And that's our jazz feature album this evening called Kelly at Midnight. And that featured, of course, the great pianist Winton Kelly with Paul Chambers on bass and some incredible drumming by the great genius of the drums, Philly Joe Jones. All of this was recorded in New York City, April 27, 1960, and was originally issued on B.J. Records, Kelly at Midnight. And we heard five tunes. Um, There were no standards on this set. Uh, These are all original compositions by jazz people. Winton Kelly uh, wrote two of them. He wrote the uh, first tune and the final tune. The first tune was uh, a Kelly original called Potluck, and that opened the set. And then we moved to two originals by a friend of Winton's, um, guitarist, composer Rudy Stevenson. And he wrote uh, tune number two called Skatin' and tune number three entitled On Stage. And then the um, moody ballad of the set was written by a poet, singer, entertainer Babs Gonzalez. And uh, that piece of music quietened everything down. It was called Weird Lullaby, sometimes also known as Lullaby of the Doomed. And the final tune was, uh, again, an uplifting kind of a piece of music by Winton Kelly, closing the set, and it was entitled Temperance. So this then, as I said, many musicians and fans that I know feel that this is one of the finest trio albums ever made. And uh, you might feel the same way. It's All these things are always arguable, but I hope that you enjoyed the music of the great Winton Kelly. Two things I should tell you about Winton Kelly before we move on. Um, Winton, I didn't know this. I found this out later on. He was totally deaf in one ear, and that was um, from birth. And uh, Winton also, his name... Winton Marcellus was named after Winton Kelly because around this time, Winton's father, um, Ellis Marcellus, um, Winton was born in 1961, and Ellis, uh, Ellis's wife, uh, who just passed away just recently, um, was uh, about to give birth to uh, young Winton Marcellus. And they didn't have a name for him. And, of course, uh, um, uh, they had become friends with Winton Kelly. They had met him in New Orleans. Winton was down there on a gig, I think, with Miles Davis. And um, um, the two piano players, Ellis and Winton, uh, uh, were jamming together and playing together, socializing anyway. And uh, that was when Ellis got the um, inspiration to name his young son, who was uh, just about to be born, Winton. And so that's how Winton Marcellus got his name, from the great pianist Winton Kelly. Anyway, little esoteric information there. Certainly hope you enjoyed the jazz feature, and we have more great music coming up. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, broadcasting from the unceded 
territory of the Musqueam First Nation, right out here at uh, the University of British Columbia. And we're also on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back in a few moments with the First Lady of Song, Miss Ella Fitzgerald. And she's going to sing a couple of songs that are going to bring in and remind you of the season that we're in now. Okay? And we'll be right back. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. For the very best in bluegrass music, plus classic country, Cajun, rockabilly, western swing, and whatever jumps off the shelves at us, tune in every Tuesday morning at 6.30 for Pacific Pickin' with your host, Arthur Berman. And I'm Andrea. The lovely Andrea, who will also provide you with our concert calendar and every bit of news and information you can possibly need. And as if that wasn't enough, there's a warm-up show at 6, featuring a little bit of a wider variety of roots and branches of bluegrass music. So tune in each morning, 6 for the warm-up show, 6.30 for the main show, Pacific Pickin' on CITR 101.9 in Vancouver. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Honkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. Ella Fitzgerald, wonderful singer. This is from, um, goes back, this was recorded in Berlin in 1960. Ella with her uh, working quartet, which included the great Paul Smith on piano, uh, Jim Hall on guitar, Wilfred Middlebrooks on bass, and Gus Johnson on drums. And we're going to hear three tunes, kind of. Uh, the first two um, are, I guess, a prelude to the season that we're in and perhaps the weather that we're going to get this week. The first tune is, of course, probably one of the most well-known melodies of all times, and that is the Georgian Ira Gershwin song called Summertime. And the second tune is written by Cole Porter. It's called Too Darn Hot. And we're going to end with Ella's unique version of a tune that she... <laughs> it's really funny because she uh, um, forgot the... She didn't know this tune that well. She had just started to sing it. And uh, she wasn't totally 100% familiar with the words. And she, uh, she makes up her own on uh, a tune called... Another tune that uh, I'm sure everybody knows, Mac the Knife. So these three tunes, the First Lady of Song, the great Ella Fitzgerald. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
With my baby tonight Refill the cup With my baby tonight I'd like to sup with my baby tonight Fill the cup with my baby tonight But I ain't up to my baby tonight Cause it's too darn hot It's too darn hot It's too darn hot I'd like to cool With my baby tonight 
Spray. 
Well, there ain't nobody better. <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald. And, of course, just having a great time. And, and of course, uh, because she was so creative, um, you know, forgetting the words to that tune, she just kept it going, and people were just uh, m- massively entertained. And, uh, of course, being the, the jazz musician that she is, uh, she could improvise on, on the spot and, and so on. I can't imagine some singers um, <laughs> I've seen uh, so-called professional singers forget their lines up there. And, of course, it's, it becomes totally chaotic. Uh, Ella, she made the most of it. And, uh, of course, that's a tribute to her genius and professionalism. Ella Fitzgerald recorded in Berlin in concert with her band, uh, including Jim Hall on guitar, uh, her musical director, the great Paul Smith on piano, uh, Wilfred Middlebrooks on bass, and um, Gus Johnson, Jr. on drums. We heard three tunes. Uh, We opened with the Gershwin classic, Summertime. We moved to Cole Porter's Too Darn Hot. And, of course, uh, that's what's going to be happening uh, in Vancouver the next few days, a heat wave. And um, the final tune, of course, Mac the Knife, written by Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weill. The original title of that tune uh, from the Three Penny Opera was Moratat. And, of course, the words, uh, uh, the original words were in German. So um, uh, the German folks could, um, that Ella was singing to could uh, relate to the whole history of that song. All right, Ella in Berlin. We're going to move now to a person who I've uh, just um, uh, always considered him a friend, and I also consider him one of the finest voices of the alto saxophone. Totally underrated. People talk about alto saxophonists. They talk about uh, some of the great players out, out there, and even some of the more underrated players, like uh, people like Frank Strozier and uh, um, so on and so forth. And I don't hear people talk about Bob Mover. Bob Mover, what a player, great player. We met um, in Montreal and, uh, and played together and became friends, and um, we've just kind of recently touched bases again and... Um, Bob lives in New York. He lived in Montreal for a number of years, moved to Toronto, and then moved back to the U.S. He's originally from Boston, and uh, he has got quite a history in, in, uh, in music. And if you uh, check him out on, uh, on uh, Wikipedia, on, on your computer, you can find out his, uh, his history. It's pretty amazing. Bob played with uh, Charles Mingus. Uh, he played with Chet Baker. Um, and, of course, he's one of the great virtuosos of the alto saxophone and has his own sound and concept. He's also a very fine singer as well. Um, occasionally picks up the, the larger tenor saxophone. Um, he's been known to play soprano saxophone as well. We're going to go back to an album that Bob did in 1977, uh, December of 1977 in New York City. And um, I believe this is this is before he moved to uh, uh, up to Montreal, and Bob put together uh, a tremendous band for this uh, album and came out on Vanguard Records, and it features uh, Bob Mover on alto, uh, Claudio Roditi on trumpet, Kenny Barron on piano, 
Ron McClure on bass, and Ben Riley on drums. We're going to hear three tunes from this album. Uh, The first one is Bob's variation on a very well-known jazz standard, which is also a challenging tune, especially the middle part. And it's uh, it's based on Cherokee, and it's called Sweet Basil. The second tune is one of the most gorgeous ballads written by Frankie Lane and Carl Fisher, We'll Be Together Again. And the final tune that we're going to hear from this album um, was written by Miles Davis. And it's a tune called Milestones. Three tunes from this uh, marvelous album by alto saxophonist Bob Mover. And check them out.
We heard three tunes by the great and shamefully underrated alto saxophonist and soprano saxophonist, Bob Mover. And this is from an album that he did um, for Vanguard Records. It's simply entitled Bob Mover. And it was done in 1977 with a hand-picked band, including uh, Claudio Roditi on uh, trumpet, Kenny Barron at the piano, Ron McClure on bass, and Ben Riley on drums. And uh, we heard uh, the first two tunes, we heard Bob on alto, and the final tune we heard him on uh, soprano saxophone. The first tune was his original, based on, of course, the, uh, the chord progressions of Cherokee, and uh, it showed off the uh, virtuosity of this band. The tune was called Sweet Basil, and uh, that's, of course, named after a very well-known jazz club in New York. And the tune number two was, of course, the beautiful ballad featuring Bob and uh, a whole change of pace, and he played uh, We'll Be Together Again, a beautiful tune by Frankie Lane and Carl Fisher. And the final tune where... Um, Bob switched to uh, soprano saxophone, uh, was written by Miles Davis back in the 1940s, and it was entitled Milestones. Bob Mover, and uh, it's great that we have uh, reacquainted with one another again, and it would re- really be nice to see Bob out here in, in Vancouver um, sometime would really be worthwhile. He's such a wonderful uh, musician, and also uh, uh, he's been a teacher, and um, he's got a great personality, and uh, very, very well-spoken, and and a very humorous gentleman as well, and uh, very versatile. So there you go. Bob Mover. Check him out, and uh, look for his uh, albums. All right. We are going to... uh, tell you about uh, some interesting stuff in a moment. we just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker and of course this is The Jazz Show and we shall return momentarily. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily, at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take-home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. This Quarter Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. 
Well, we don't have too much of that in the forecast. As a matter of fact, there's no precipitation at all. Um, and uh, we're known for, for, for that, but uh, we're not going to get it. We're going to get some amazing weather and um, possibly some of the hottest weather that Vancouver has ever experienced because there's a heat wave coming. All right, tonight is going to be clear. Uh, there's a slight haze out there in the sky, and that's caused by smoke from some of these uh, fires that are, that are around, and it's actually quite windy And uh, with a low of 16 tonight. Tomorrow um, is going to be some local smoke around, and it's also going to get windy again in the afternoon, but tomorrow, of course, is sunny uh, with a low of 16 and highs between 25 and 31. Then it's going to get really warm uh, for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And temperatures between 16 in the evening and going up to uh, between 29 and 34, depending on where you are. Further inland, of course, it's going to be warmer. And uh, Saturday and Sunday... More of the same. There's a slight cooling off, but uh, not really a whole lot, um, with a low of 15 and highs between 27 and 31. So it's, uh, it's going to be really um, quite warm, and in the evening it's, it's going to be very nice as well. So this is going to be quite a stretch of weather, untypical for Vancouver, um, usually the temperatures are a lot cooler than this, but we're going to uh, experience some, uh, some very strong heat the next few days. So, be careful. Okay. We're going to take you to blues land now. Play you some blues. One of my favorite Hammond organists is the late, great Don Patterson. Don recorded this album in 1973 with a whole group of uh, wonderful people. Of course, he's featured on the Hammond organ. We're going to hear Pat Martino, the great Pat Martino on guitar, Jimmy Heath on tenor saxophone, and brother Albert Heath, Tootie, on drums. And this is a long excursion into the 12-bar blues, and it's called the Muse Blues. Here is the great Don Patterson. Thank you. 
That was called the Muse Blues, and that was written and created by the great Hammond organist Don Patterson. That's from an album that came out on Muse Records, and it was called These Are Soulful Days. Don Patterson was recorded in September of 1973 and featured Don on the Hammond organ, of course, Jimmy Heath on tenor saxophone, Pat Martino on guitar, and Albert Heath, Jimmy Heath's brother, younger brother, on drums. And, of course, uh, those two gentlemen are the surviving members of the famous Heath family from Philadelphia. And, of course, from Philadelphia as well is the great Pat Martino. And Don Patterson, he was from Columbus, Ohio. And, of course, he uh, later on settled in, uh, in Philadelphia. He passed away in 1988, sad to say. One of the great masters of the Hammond organ, my favorite Hammond organist. And that was a long excursion into the 12-bar blues called simply the Muse Blues. You are listening to The Jazz Show, the final show in the month of July. Because tomorrow, well, August 1st, already, uh, time flies, isn't it? My name's Gavin Walker, and you can... um, live stream us on citr.ca on your computer or just listen on the radio at uh, CITR 101.9 on your FM dial. We're going to continue now. I'm going to take you back to Birdland. And uh, these are, um, well, the sound quality on these recordings aren't bad. Uh, They were taken off um, the radio many years ago. I guess they were radio broadcasts. And someone took them off and then put them on a record and and that sort of thing. But it really, um, in many ways, um, the music is better. Uh, Just there's more happening in the music because the the band is playing in front of an audience. And uh, it's live music. And, of course, they're getting feedback from the people. Anyway, this is the great edition of Art Blakey and his Jazz Messengers. And I've said this time and time again, this is one of Art Blakey's favorite editions of the Jazz Messengers. I think I told that story um, quite a few times, and I won't tell it again. But uh, take my word for it, this is a band that he just loved. And you can see why and hear why. Art Blakey, of course, on drums... On tenor saxophone, the musical director of this band, Wayne Shorter. And uh, this is the young Wayne Shorter on tenor saxophone and the wonderful trumpeter, Lee Morgan, on trumpet. And Wayne and Lee had a real brotherhood together in playing. Uh, They could play ensemble so beautifully. And on piano from Philadelphia, the great Bobby Timmons and another Philadelphian, the bassist that held everything together, as R. Blakey used to refer to him as the workhorse of the band, Jimmy Merritt on bass. This was recorded in April of 1960 at the legendary Birdland Club in New York City. We're going to hear two tunes. Um, and as I mentioned before, the recordings uh, were done, uh, were not professional recordings. So you don't, you know, there's a, a few uh, little things uh, with the sound quality, but basically the sound quality is not bad either. So the first tune, uh, both of these tunes are by Bobby Timmons, 
And the first tune is called Dat Der. And the first uh, and the second tune is uh, one that uh, he wrote when he was a member of the Cannonball Adderley group. Um, and he wrote this tune. It was a big hit for Cannonball Adderley. And uh, Art Blakey never made um, um, uh, a professional studio recording of this tune, but we do have this version, Blakey's version of Bobby Timmons' famous tune, This Here. So, first of all, that there, and the second tune is This Here, Bobby Timmons, comp- composer, and Art Blakey and his jazz messengers at Birdland. Thank you. 
Those two pieces were recorded at Birdland in April of 1960 by, of course, Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. These are broadcast recordings, so the sound quality isn't uh, the same as, say, a Blue Note recording, but the quality of the music is certainly uh, up to snuff. And, of course, this was one of Blakey's favorite editions of his Jazz Messengers, and he had so many. But this one included, uh, as his musical director and tenor saxophonist, Wayne Shorter, and on trumpet, the wonderful Lee Morgan. And on piano, Bobby Timmons, who wrote those two pieces. And on bass, as Blakey always said, the workhorse of the band, Jimmy Merritt on bass. And the two tunes that we heard, both, as I said, written by Bobby Timmons. The first one was called Dat Dare, and the second um, piece of music in 6-8 uh, time was This Here. Dat Dare and This Here, Bobby Timmons. Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CRTR FM 101.9 or on the web, www.citr.ca for live streaming. We're going to move to another drummer leader now, but some very different music from what we've heard. This is a gentleman whose music has always been adventurous, and uh, this recording goes back to a band that he organized in uh, the early, uh, late 70s, early 80s. And I heard this band live. It was something else. I'm talking about drummer Jack DeJanette. And he formed a band called the Special Edition. And, and of course, over time, there were different people in this band. But at this time and place, the personnel in the band were, of course, Jack DeJanette, who uh, is one of the world's greatest drummers and most creative uh, drummers, and uh, he is also a very fine pianist as well. On tenor saxophone and bass clarinet, David Murray, and on alto saxophone, the late, great Arthur Blythe, and on bass my good friend Peter Warren. We're going to hear two tunes from this album, which was issued on ECM Records uh, by Jack DeJanette's special edition. First piece of music we're going to hear was written by John Coltrane, and it's called India. And the second piece of music that we're going to hear is a kind of a strange uh, and very different piece of music. And, of course, the title kind of leads you into that. It's called Journey to the Twin Planet, and it was uh, written by Jack DeJanette. So here then is Jack DeJanette's special edition.
That was the music of a band led by Jack DeJanet called Special Edition. And that was issued on uh, ECM Records. And we heard a couple of pieces of music. Jack DeJanet was heard, of course, on drums. He was also heard on piano and also on melodica. And David Murray on bass clarinet and tenor saxophone and the great late Arthur Blythe on alto saxophone, and bassist Peter Warren. And the two tunes we heard, the first tune was written by John Coltrane and entitled India, and the second uh, more spacey tune uh, written by, it's almost like a suite uh, written by Jack DeJanet called Journey to the Twin Planet. Hope you enjoyed that music. Very different from Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers and uh, great contrast. And this is a lovely album, Jack DeJanet Special Edition. I think about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago, we um, featured this album on, uh, on our jazz feature segment of the, uh, of the program. We're going to change the pace and play you some music by bassist Charlie Hayden along with Chet Baker on trumpet and Enrico Peranuzzi on piano and the great Billy Higgins on drums. And we're going to hear a couple of pieces from this uh, marvelous album called Silence. And the first piece of music is by Charlie Parker. And it's uh, one of his lesser-known compositions, but it's entitled Visa. And the second piece is very beautiful uh, composition, the title track from this uh, album. It's a piece of music written by um, bassist Charlie Hayden. And uh, it needs no further explanation. It's called Silence. So here then, Chet Baker on trumpet, Enrico Peranuzzi on piano, Charlie Hayden on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums.
Doesn't get much more beautiful than that. Chet Baker with Enrico Peranuzzi on piano, Billy Higgins on drums, and Charlie Hayden on bass. And Charlie was the nominal leader of that recording session. And the first tune we heard was uh, a more obscure composition by Charlie Parker called Visa. And the second tune was written by Charlie Hayden, the bassist. And uh, it was the title track. And it was called Silence. The late, great Charlie Hayden and the late, great Chet Baker as well, sounding just beautiful on this album. It's now August 1st. Hmm. <laughs> and we're going to be uh, into some uh, interesting weather uh, right here in Vancouver. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or live streaming on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is, uh, as I said, The Jazz Show. We're going to turn now to um, the music of Oliver Nelson and play two compositions by him. This is a band that uh, he assembled uh, in 1975. Oliver had moved to Los Angeles, and he was writing for uh, film and, and, uh, and television, and, of course, it was also leading um, a jazz group when he could and doing recordings, and he put this band together. Um, Oliver, of course, is heard on alto saxophone. He played all the saxophones so beautifully, but alto... Um, as far as I know, alto was his favorite. And uh, the great Bobby Bryant on trumpet and also playing um, different uh, flute, uh, piccolo, and um, baritone saxophone is the great Jerome Richardson. And on tenor saxophone and flute, uh, Buddy Collette. And Bobby Bryant's son, Bobby Bryant Jr., on... Um, I aired. Uh, Jerome Richardson is playing uh, tenor saxophone. Um, I said baritone saxophone. Um, Buddy Collette is playing uh, um, tenor saxophone and flute. And Bobby Bryant Jr., Bobby Bryant's son, is playing tenor saxophone and flute. And Jack Nimitz, the great Jack Nimitz, on baritone saxophone. Mike Wofford on piano. Chuck DeMonico on electric bass. And the great Shelley Mann on drums. And we're going to hear two Oliver Nelson compositions, and of course they're his arrangements. The first one is probably his most famous piece, and it's called Stolen Moments. And the second tune is a minor key thing called Three Seconds. So here then is the great Oliver Nelson and his music. Thank you. 
We heard a couple of tunes from this uh, rare album by Oliver Nelson, which came out on uh, Inner City Records and is recorded in Los Angeles in March of 1975. And um, I'm not going to run down the personnel in the band anymore, but uh, we did hear um, soloist Bobby Bryant, very dynamic trumpeter, and uh, on trumpet, of course, and Oliver Nelson himself on alto saxophone. And uh, in the rhythm section, Mike Wofford on piano, Chuck DeMonico on electric bass, and the great Shelley Mann on drums, plus um, all kinds of other horns to fill out the band. We heard two tunes by Oliver Nelson, both based on the blues, and the first one was his most famous composition called Stolen Moments, and the second tune was entitled Three Seconds, music of Oliver Nelson. We're going to turn now to the music of Thelonious Monk, and uh, that's going to wrap up the program this evening. This is uh, from actually uh, a recently discovered recording. Um, I'm not going to go into a lengthy explanation uh, we will hear more of this recording in future programs. But um, this uh, music on here was meant to be uh, a soundtrack for a movie. And as it turned out, this was Monk's only soundtrack that he did. And it's basically uh, his quartet of, of the time uh, with Mr. Monk, Felonius on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums, and Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone. And we're going to hear a piece of music um, by Thelonious, of course, called Rhythming. Thank you. 
That was actually a felonious monk quintet. There were two tenor saxophonists in there. The first one, of course, was Monk's regular uh, tenor player, Charlie Rouse. And the second solo was done by the great French tenor saxophonist, Barney Willen, who was um, on the session as well. And, of course, uh, Thelonious on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. This music was uh, included in um, a very uh, famous French film called Les Liaisons Dangereux, Dangerous Liaisons. And um, Monk's music was used throughout the uh, film, and this was especially recorded for the film, but it was never has never been released until just very recently. So uh, we'll play more from this album in, uh, in future shows. But that's a very um, interesting version of a tune that Monk played so often called Rhythmining. And uh, obviously he was in very good form uh, on that date. All right, that's it for this edition of The Jazz Show. I'd like to thank you very much for being out there. hope you enjoyed the music this evening. We'll be back next week. Uh, Same time, we start the show at 9 p.m. and carry on until after midnight every Monday night right here on radio station CITR 101.9 or live streaming www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. Thank you very much for being uh, out there this evening and uh, enjoy the beautiful weather we're going to have for the next week or so. We'll see you uh, on next Monday evening. So take care and take care of yourselves. Bye for now.
Thank you. 